This is HOPE, Behavioral Health in COVID-19 from Health Management Associates. I'm Annalisa Baker, your host, a senior consultant at HMA, a licensed clinical social worker, and a proud lifelong New Yorker. This is a series we're creating specifically for you, New York's behavioral health providers. We created this for New York, the epicenter, but we think this information will be valuable to anyone in the behavioral health field. You're the heroes on the ground, serving our most vulnerable populations in the middle of a pandemic. In the coming weeks, you'll hear from behavioral health leaders about industry innovations and our clinical experts about best practices and client engagement. We'll also be discussing emotional fallout and practical self-care. Today, we are joining a conversation between Megan Schilke, HMA Managing Principal, and Joe McCrillo, Chief Financial Officer of Huther Doyle, a health home in Rochester, New York, with 41 care management agencies. In this conversation, we learn about how Joe implemented an IT platform that eases the administrative burden on care managers so that they can focus their attention and mission to connect their clients to needed services. Let's listen in. Thank you so much, Annalisa. Joe and I have worked together on a number of health home care management policy and systems issues over the last few years. And I have found Joe to be an incredibly creative and insightful leader of this service. So um, I'm going to kick it right off and say, Joe, why don't you tell us a little overview of your program right now? I've been working here at Huther Doyle for the last roughly 28 months. And I'm new to the health home world and new to care management as a whole, but I've had about 15 years of healthcare experience, predominantly in the CFO, COO, and chief technology officer type of role. Leveraging technology within any healthcare environment has always seemed to be beneficial, not only to the clients that we're serving, but a lot of times to the actual individuals who are providing the services. So in this case, the care manager. We looked at as a group here at Huther Doyle and in partnership with Innovative Solutions, what are the key barriers or the key pressure points that care managers and clients experience throughout their day-to-day environment? And how can we look at technology to help minimize those barriers? Can you talk for a little bit about how delivering these health home care management services has changed in the context of COVID? Significantly. The partnership that we have with DOH and the efforts that the New York State Department of Health made in order to ease the restrictions allow us to do what we're doing today. So what we did is immediately came up with a plan to have all of our workers work remotely. We made sure that they had cell phones with hotspots, and we wanted to come up with a plan for how do we keep in touch with our clients? Because as much as this is impacting all of us, we know that our clients are going to be impacted at an even higher level. We were able to use technology either through video conferencing or phone calls to continue to, to stay in touch with our clients, to continue to deliver services to the extent that we can, and continue to connect them within the community to resources that are still available. Yes, the face-to-face has gone away or has been minimized or it's been socially distanced because then sometimes we've had care managers actually go out into the field and deliver food, deliver microwaves, deliver medication. And we've heard from care managers across the entire region who have said multiple times, their call with their clients is the only time their client may talk to somebody for that week. It's very lonely. The question is, is, how do I get into your home when I can't get into your home? Well, the only way I can do that is either through video conferencing or telephone. And then we were lucky enough to be allowed to still get paid for doing that because otherwise under the old rules, we wouldn't get paid for any of this. 
I think it's worth noting that the individuals we're talking about are those with multiple chronic health conditions, including HIV and AIDS, those with serious behavioral health needs and conditions, individuals that really have multiple and complex health and behavioral health and social needs, frequently economic and social needs, whether it's food or funding or stable housing or other aspects of support. And all of these things have been exacerbated by the COVID crisis. I just wonder if you've got any other thoughts about some of that care management workforce and ways they're creatively doing what they were doing before in this new environment. We have weekly calls where we're trying to keep the spirits of the care management agencies up. And I start every single one of those calls saying, I am humbled knowing that I can't do what you're doing. We had a care manager who identified an individual who was diabetic, who was going to walk two miles to a grocery store to get food and not knowing what might be there or might not be there. That care manager was able to contact a food bank, get diabetic-specific food. The individual then said, well, I was going to buy specific things because I had to have my utilities turned off because I don't have enough money to pay for the stove and those type of things. We're able to get a microwave sent out to the client, delivered, left on the front porch, social distancing. And now the person can actually use the microwave because they turned off their gas stove and they turned off their gas heat because they couldn't afford it anymore. They are treating their clients as if they're neighbors. I'll do everything I can to help facilitate and allow them to do it. And I will work day and night to do that and give them the tools and the resources Can you talk a little bit more about how you implemented these specific technological tools to help improve the care your care managers deliver? Yeah, we started the project about 15 months ago. And what we did is we shadowed five different care management agencies. So we had individuals in the IT world go out and ride along with care managers, both out in the field and in their offices. And they documented what they thought and what the care managers thought were opportunities in which we could match technology with the process or procedure or gap that the care manager identified. So that was probably about a three to four month window. Innovative Solutions was the partner on this project as we have rolled it out and now supporting it. We said to them, all right, you tell us what technology allows us to fill those gaps and then we're gonna test it And we're going to tell you if you're right or wrong. And they came up with four different solutions. We walked through all four different solutions through a test group. We did this for both urban and rural because we have two different sets of needs. And what we came up with was two platforms. One is a laptop-based and one is a tablet-based that has an application built into both of them that allows for documentation, including wet signatures, on almost any form that you have internally or any state form that is out there. And we've had that since roughly November of last year. And as of right now, we've deployed that out to 25 care management agencies, and we have deployed approximately 180 devices to those care management agencies. Wow. Is this kind of innovation really scalable to other providers or large systems or even smaller health homes that are more community-based or niche-focused? So the the 50-55, when you really break it down, is a very complex form. It is a New York State consent form that is signed by the client that allows for information to flow between various providers. What we have designed 
is a very simplistic front end with a very, very complex back end. So whenever you want a user to adhere to a new policy or adhere to any policy, the easier the policy adherence is, the more likely is compliance. So how do you balance it out with a simplistic front end that says, click here, click here, click here, click here, sign initial. And what that allows us to do is have compliance and consistency in form filling. Oh, this is easy. I just click buttons and I fill out and I follow the instructions. On the back end, it's using logic to say, well, if you do this, then you got to do these three things. Well, if you click here, you got to do these four things. Simplistic and easy on the front, highly complex and regulated and compliant on the back. We make sure it's all HIPAA compliant. We make sure that we're monitoring all the devices on a daily basis. And we give reports back that say, device number one had no activity for the last five days. Is this person out on PTO? Is this person no longer employed? Did this person lose their device? Device number two had filled out 25 forms this past two days. Where we're at right now is monitoring usage to develop best practices We've invested all the time, we've invested all the money, so that when we do this forward-facing and say, health home, here's a product for you, it's gonna be relatively inexpensive, it's gonna be fully supported by this group over here, all you have to do is just turn on the light switch and you get it. And so that's sort of the next phase of how do we really transform and allow us to live in this new world? How does this work for clients who don't necessarily have the most state-of-the-art technology with the best connectivity? I can go out into the field with these devices and have you sign it all right then and there. So from a connectivity standpoint, if you at least have a phone that can receive text messages and get you on the internet, then you're in. If you have a computer, obviously you're in. If you have Wi-Fi, you're in. Those are the only limitations. We're trying to take down as many barriers as we possibly can. Now you look at, especially in the state of New York, with the sunsetting of outreach coming June 30th, the need to enroll individuals as quickly as possible is all that more imperative. And, and I think it's all that much more important when you look at payment associated with outreach going away. I'm wondering if you have additional thoughts about what you've learned from leveraging technology that should definitely be continued once we move through the crisis period of COVID that we should keep doing. I think technology has allowed us to leverage multiple platforms to increase that frequency of connection and feeling like you're getting credit for it. Where I think before it may have been frowned upon to have frequent short interactions, or I think it's now applauded. I think we can keep a lot of the technology for engagement. So especially on the front end, being able to get electronic signatures, being able to reach out electronically to have an initial conversation with somebody, especially somebody who may be in a transient housing situation or who may be homeless, if there's any way we can get in touch with them. I think of care teams. We should be doing Zoom conference calls with care teams on a regular basis. We need to be more proactive. And we need to have all the tools in our toolbox that allows us to connect people proactively to prevent something that we then have to react to. So maybe you're sitting in an in a individual's home and you say, hey, I, I noticed you have uh, 
cyst on your leg. Have you gone to the doctor and had that checked out? I don't really like going to the doctor's office. Hey, you know what? Let's take out this TCE device and let's do a telehealth conference with your doctor. If you don't act proactively, most likely that person's going to end up calling an ambulance and end up in the ED. In your thinking, as we have to try to move back into really reestablishing face-to-face contacts for specific situations, how does the technology really help to enable or facilitate those new face-to-face contacts? I can have every single form that I need either to enroll you, to update any contacts right then, have you sign it, and we're done. Or you don't have the technology or ability to do a telehealth session with a doctor. Why don't we call somebody up right now online? We can use this device and we can get you connected with somebody and get you some help. It is a tool that a care manager could use to make that visit more productive than just going out and visiting with a client. It's also enabling our care managers to do the kind of collaborative documentation that really is best practice in the field. And that sounds like it could be a very powerful tool for care managers. So they can do all of that and they can do it in multiple different ways. We have styluses with all of the devices. So if you're more of a draw to text individual, you have that ability preloaded into all of them. All of them have microphones and cameras and speakers. So let's say you want to share a video with a client of a service that you think would be beneficial to them. You could pull it up and show it to them. If a client has a piece of paper or documentation that you need for the file, you can take a picture and immediately upload it into your EHR. If you want to take notes within your EHR, it has you know, the ability to connect to the internet if that's the way your EHR is structured. We tried to bake as much flexibility into this thing as we possibly could. And it wasn't easy because don't forget about HIPAA, don't forget about PHI, don't forget about CFR 42, depending on you know what the client's situation is. So you have all these different overarching protocols that you need to put in to say, I can remote wipe all these devices. So if you lose it, I remote wipe it, it's gone. Every single device has dual authentication baked into it. Because the first question they're gonna ask is, is a HIPAA compliant? Yep. Here's exactly what we're monitoring. If all of a sudden we start seeing you going off to websites that you normally don't do, we're shutting it down because we're monitoring that. You also got to look at larger CMAs and smaller CMAs. We have some CMAs that have five or six care managers. If you just took the device and you just took the application and that's it, and you supported it all yourself, and we'll give you all the tools that you need and how we did it and share that with you. That care manager would have to bill for two additional clients for one month. That's it. And it pays for itself because we're freeing up hopefully all this time because we're allowing for real-time documentation and real-time consent signing and real-time all of this. A lot of the lessons learned that we're currently observing during COVID can be applied going forward and that we want to collect and document them and make sure that we're incorporating them into future systems as we evolve. I think care management is vital and key to VBP. I think without care managers, you can't do it, period. But the question is, how do we provide them the best tools to allow them to be what they should be, which is the glue within the healthcare system to proactively connect people to other services? It's also thinking about how do we relate? How do we stay in touch? 
How do we communicate? How do we build relationships? The world is built on relationships. Why would care management be any different? Hope, Behavioral Health and COVID-19 is produced by me at home with my kids in the next room. You can follow HMA on Twitter at HMA Consultants and you can find us on LinkedIn. Find out more about HMA podcasts at www.healthmanagement.com forward slash podcast. My name is Annalisa Baker. Stay strong, New York. Thanks for listening.